Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Star City Podcast, where you can always listen to encouraging stories about life, work, family, and faith. I'm Brian Smith, and I'll be your host today, so I want to thank you for dropping in as we listen to the second part of my interview with my friend, Keith Farmer. Keith is the founder and director of Straight Street Ministries, which seeks to provide a safe Christian environment for youth to get help for both them and their family as well. Now, let's jump back into my conversation with Keith with part two of the story of Straight Street. Keith, I think one of the interesting stories of Straight Street are the different groups and, in some cases, nationally known persons that have heard about your ministry and have at times uh, um, been a part of special events promoting Straight Street and encouraging others to support what God is doing through it. I know First Baptist of Roanoke has, over the years, hosted several events for you. Take just a moment and and tell our listeners about some who live outside of our city, if you can, but in the past or in the present have helped or helping with their support and promotion of what God is doing at Straight Street. Oh, sure. One of the programs I used to love to listen to, and he passed away last year, is Dawson McAllister. Um, mm. You know, Dawson was an amazing man, and, and I literally I kept Dawson's cell phone. I would call Dawson about once a month in Tennessee just mm. to say hi and stay in touch with him. I was blessed to have his, his cell phone so I could call him or text him. Um, but we wanted, we felt that Roanoke deserved a student conference. And so we started approaching the Dawson McAllister Association and said, come to Roanoke. They would go to Northern Virginia. I said, Roanoke's not that far, but it's maybe too far for some churches to travel. And so they said, well, come and talk to Dawson at the Northern Virginia Conference. So we got a bus of students together, and we went. And during the pastor's meeting, it was brought up. If the conference was held in Roanoke, what people at this conference would attend that one? And like half the room raised their hand. Wow. So the next year, the student conference came at First Baptist. So for two yes. years, we had the Dawson McAllister Student Conference. And it was really neat. The praise and worship leader for the conference was Chris Tomlin. Isn't that something? Chris Tomlin was an unknown guy that carried the guitar around and played for Dawson. Mm. After two years, um, Dawson went uh, another track and was working with uh, another ministry, and he turned over the student conferences to Mark Matlock with Wisdom Works. Mm. Mark Matlock brought in an only un known uh, worship band called Mercy Me. And so for the first three years, Mercy Me was the worship band for the student conference. They traveled in a big black bus, had a plywood floor, plywood walls, and five mattresses, and they pulled a black trailer. And the reason everything was black because the bus burned so much diesel fuel, you couldn't tell how dirty it was. (laughs) And so uh, that was the whole purpose. So they would actually come over and hang out at Straight Street during the student conferences and then have a hot dog with the kids. And Dawson would do the same and spend time. It Mm. was the last year of the student conferences when Mercy Me had signed on with In Not Of Records and the song, I Can Only Imagine, was released. And I'll never forget our final student conference with 1,700 kids in that sanctuary when Mercy Me started singing. I Can Only Imagine the whole room started singing. And then Mercy Me stopped, and it was only the kids Mm. And it was powerful. Mm. You know, another thing is when um, the Columbine shooting took place. Yes. The year after Columbine shooting took place, uh, we were hosting See with the Pole rallies, and we reached out to the Scott family. At that time, um, Daryl Scott is uh, Rachel's dad. Larry Scott is the uncle. And we asked, would you come in to do a See with the Pole event? Because you have picked up 
the program that Rachel would do with doing mime and drama. Your kids are doing this. And they said, sure. And then we said, we, re- we need to reach out to the gentleman that made the crosses. He made the 13 crosses and, and took them. He's from Colorado, Greg Zanis. So we called Greg and said, we're going to do a student conference here or a prayer conference. Can we, Do you have the crosses? Can you bring them? He said, yeah. So he put them in the back of his Dodge pickup truck, drove mm. from Colorado to here. And I'll never forget reaching in the back of that truck mm. and picking up those crosses and putting that cross mm. on my shoulder to carry it into the church sanctuary. Wow. And seeing that kid's face that it represented and reading all those messages. But one of the things we thought of prior to that said, Greg, would you make four extra crosses that are blank? Because I want to try something. These crosses that we're going to have at the event are a memorial to kids who have passed away. We don't want to not celebrate their life and what they stood for and the tragedy that took place. However, we need to realize in the midst of tragedy, we need to give thanks to the Lord for all that he's done. I want four blank crosses that after this event, the kids are going to write a message of thanks to Christ for what he's done for me on those crosses. Mm. So we left those crosses in the sanct- at the uh, festival outside, and uh, those crosses still sit uh, in Straight Street to this day. Wow. Messages. I look at them 20 years later mm. every week and just see the messages that were written. And literally kids took all four corners. Once they couldn't find room, they started just turning the cross over. But all four crosses have amazing messages written. Mm. And that particular event, over 2,000 people attended the event. What a beautiful story and a reminder of the stones of memorial and markers. Yeah. For the children of Israel not to forget. But when what they go God back and done. see the stones, they'll recall. That's exactly, exactly right. And the crosses, in many ways, serve that same purpose still today. They do. Boy, what a beautiful, beautiful testimony of God's faithfulness. Uh, well, Keith, uh, we're running out of time. And boy, I hate to say this, we're going to have to do, do this again before <laughs> too long. But you know, the best stories of all that have come from Straight Street aren't the celebrities who've supported the ministry, are, are the show cars and vehicles that help with the visibility and transportation needs for the ministry, but the lives of teens and their families that are being helped to experience by God's grace offered in His Son, Jesus Christ, real and meaningful life change. Can you tell us about one or two stories as we draw to a close that come to your mind this morning that you can share with our listeners today? Oh, sure. Oh, once again, it would take days. and so, Like I said, we're going to have to do this yeah, again. Yeah, you know? you're going to have to recharge your battery and your phones. But we've got you know several. Um, I'll never forget one young man. We work with a lot of kids in foster care. One young man in foster care came and it was uh, his second week he accepted Christ when he came. The third week, it was right around Christmas time. And we said, okay, you ask the kids, if Christmas is the celebration of Christ's birthday, if you could stand before the Lord and ask for one thing, what would that be this Christmas? And just some of the people were given different, you know, I want a fancy game or something. And one boy, this young man said, two things. One, I would like to know what my family looks like because I was put in foster care at a young age Mm. and I want to be a part of a forever family. That's all I want. Wow. And that rocked me. So so we started praying for this young man that he would find a forever home as a teenager, which is difficult. And sometimes my prayers are shotgun prayers. I need to be a little bit more specific. I should have been praying, Lord, please let that boy find a home in Roanoke. But we were praying he would find a home and within a month, the young man found a forever home or a family adopted him in Southwest Virginia, mm. and he has a forever home. 
And another would be just the amazing people that we've met. Um, One young lady, I met her as a 19-year-old heroin addict on the street, and she turns 33 years old today. Um, And her life has not been easy. She's continued to battle addiction. She accepted Christ in federal prison. We could communicate with her via email. and We would make visits to, to see her. She's battled addiction uh, again and, and just literally she should have died. Mm. Um, but we were very fortunate when the probation officer reached out to us this last time when she was going into the court system. So we know where there's a Christian home in another city that we think she should go to because she should not be in Roanoke. And she said, well, I'll take it before the judge. And she did not want to go. However, that was the only option presented. And today I can say that this young lady is healthy, plugged into Mm, church, on fire, turns 33 years old today, uh, graduates the program next month, and she's pretty much committed not to coming back to Roanoke because this this is where the people of Letter Astray have been. Um, But for me personally, too, another way is I've got a number of kids on my bus route on Saturdays that I'm picking up are the teenagers— of the children that I used to pick up 20 years ago. And so the kids I picked up 20 years ago on my bus are now sending their teenagers to straight street. Mm. And so that is, has been a huge blessing that I get to pick up these kids yes. on my bus and talk to their parents because they want their kids plugged into the ministry that changed them. So that's encouraging to me. That is fantastic. Wow, Keith, what great examples both of those stories are about the hurts and needs that so many young people face today and how the love and life of Jesus Christ displayed and shared through others who care about them can and does make a bigger difference than I'm sure most Christians ever realize. Well, Keith, thank you, my friend, for being our guest for this very special and blessed conversation about a very special ministry located right here in the heart of Roanoke City. Friends, if you would like to know more about Straight Street Ministries and how you can pray for and help support this great inner city ministry whose aim is to help at-risk young people to discover God's love, life, and plan for their futures so that they can have true hope for today, then check out their ministry on the web at straightstreet.org. That's one word, straightstreet.org. Keith, again, it's been a pleasure, my friend. All of us who know you, I'm sure, feel about you, as did the Apostle Paul for the church in Philippi when he wrote those words, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And friends, that's all the time we have today here at the Star City Podcast. I hope you've been encouraged and blessed by our time together. So until next week, may you always be blessed by His grace and take care and have a wonderful rest of your day.